The New England Patriots have released Cam Newton, meaning Mac Jones is now the official starter there. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been getting into fights at practice, and Trevor Bauer is not going to be returning to the LA Dodgers. This is Beyond the Game. I'm Levi. Let's get into it. So the big news this morning was Cam Newton, and uh, he was released by the Patriots. Shocker, I know. Uh, Mac Jones is going to be the starter now. Brian Hoyer will be his backup. Jarrett Stidham is injured, so that is going to be the Q- the QB room for the Patriots is Mac Jones and Brian Hoyer. Uh, I guess they just don't care about Cam anymore. Um, the, the reports is that pretty much they're mad about the COVID situation, the fact that Cam isn't vaccinated, the fact that he had to deal with uh, missing practice due to protocols, and Belichick decided, you know what, screw it. We're cutting him now. We don't even want to worry about him. So the Patriots really... Nobody really saw this coming. I think people people were beginning to think maybe Mac would be the starter, but nobody really thought Cam wasn't going to be on the roster. Now he's out of the team. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, Mac Jones, he's not going to be very good, uh, at least not at the start. You know, watching him in college, he was not as good as some of these other rookie quarterbacks were in college. He's definitely, he was certainly worse than Lawrence and Fields. Uh, and obviously, Mac Jones ended up becoming a Heisman candidate. But he was on Alabama. Now, traditionally, Alabama quarterbacks don't do as well in the NFL because of how good they do in in their school. Not just quarterbacks. Alabama players in general don't do as well in the NFL because of how good they are in college. They've already all their potentials already been untapped. Whereas some of these other random guys still have so much untapped potential left. But Nick Saban really taps all the potential away. So what you are at Alabama is what you will be in the NFL. Now I'm not saying Mac Jones is going to fail. But I really don't think, I really think that this can pretty much, for me at least, this eliminates the Patriots as playoff contenders. Uh, I think they're probably at this point just an average roster with an average team and a good coach. And, an, and a below average quarterback for now. Now, you know, three years from now, maybe uh, maybe Mac Jones is one of the best QBs in the NFL. Who knows? Uh, he did do very well at practice. He was impressing everyone. Apparently, he is the most mature of all of the rookie quarterbacks. He's very smart. So that's that's what the reports are saying. Uh, who knows, though? You know, it's possible that Mac Jones could end up just being really bad. It's possible he could become the next Tom Brady. At this point, I mean, you never know with New England. You never know with New England. Uh, New England, by the way, Stephon Gilmore's out for seven weeks. So he will not be returning until mid-October. Uh, that's going to certainly hurt their defense. Not as bad as it would have been a couple of years ago, though. Stephon Gilmore's not that good anymore. But it does, obviously. Um, you know, Every injury makes an impact to your team. So that is probably something to worry about. Probably not that much to worry about. But I do think it's, you know, it's something there. Um, that, and then maybe the Patriots will go out and get another cornerback. I don't know. Uh, but at this point, you know, Stephon Gilmer's not the greatest player anyway, so it probably doesn't matter all too much. Uh, but yeah, Cam, Cam Newton off the team. I wonder where Cam's going to end up. Supposedly, Dallas is considering signing him. Uh, Dallas released both Ben DiNucci and Garrett Gilbert. So right now, they have just two quarterbacks on the roster, Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush. Uh, so those are the two guys in in New England, Cam Newton could go there. I don't really think he fits the system all that well in Dallas. But it, but you know, uh he is certainly better than Cooper Rush and I and like I said on a couple days ago on the show, Dallas needs a backup. You know, they need somebody to come fill in. So maybe that could be where Cam Newton goes. 
Um, I I would be rooting for him to go to Baltimore. By the way, Baltimore released Trace McSorley as well. So now both of the meme quarterbacks from last year, McSorley and Danucci, are both uh, no longer on teams. Uh, which I think is pretty hilarious. You know, so many people just hyping those guys up because they were on TikTok memes, but not anymore. So McSorley, he's done, and uh, maybe the Ravens could potentially target Cam Newton. I think he would be the perfect backup for Lamar. Obviously, I mean, you need a when you're when you're a running quarterback, you need to have a decent backup because things happen. Uh, things happen. Injuries happen. Guys come out, you know, Lamar missed, I think there's one game last year against the Browns where they had to pull him for, like, a couple drives because he tweaked his knee or something, and then he came right back in and led him to the win. But, you know, anything can really happen in the NFL, and so I think considering how similar Cam and Lamar are as players, uh, Lamar led the league in rushing touchdowns in 2019, Cam led the league in rushing touchdowns in 2020, quarterbacks I mean not running backs but quarterbacks so I think the camp should go to Baltimore and be the backup there that is if he will settle for a backup job if he wants to be a starter I really don't see many options for him I thought maybe Washington could be a possibility because he knows the coach Ron Rivera obviously and I do think he's better than Ryan Fitzpatrick uh not much better but he is he is Certainly a little bit better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. But Ron Rivera kind of shot that one down. So, I mean, it, lo- it seems to me like Ron Rivera is also has moved on from Cam and he doesn't want uh, to be coaching Cam anymore. Uh, the Texans are this other place, you know, because if Deshaun Watson doesn't end up playing this year, they could look to upgrade from Tyrod Taylor to Cam. I, honestly, I kind of hope that doesn't happen. I would feel so bad for Tyrod Taylor if that ha- I mean, Taylor's already been benched three times in his career. For them to then go and give him all the first-team reps in the preseason and then all of a sudden come week one say, oh, sorry, we're signing Cam Newton, you're out. Like, no, that I would not, I wouldn't like that, and I, I would feel very bad for Tyrod because I do think that Tyrod's capable of starting and actually winning games. You know, he was 1-0 last year. He won a game with the Browns, or no, he tied a game with the Browns, and he was a winning quarterback in Buffalo until they benched him for Nathan Peterman, which was, you know, one of the worst decisions in Buffalo Bills history. Unfortunately, uh, they they moved away from Tyrod, moved to Nathan Peterman. It did not work out. Then on then there was like I think Tyrod. I'm pretty sure he got injured in the playoff game. But that I mean you can't really help that. And then they decided yeah we're gonna go with Peterman next year. But obviously Peterman lasted a full quarter until they moved back to Allen. So anyways, um, back to the point though. I don't th- I don't want Cam to go to the Texans and I don't think he will honestly. Um, the Ravens is where I, I'm rooting for him to go. The Cowboys potentially could sign him. Washington, probably not. Uh, where else could Cam go? You know, maybe, uh, I was thinking the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers, his old team, obviously. Uh, they have Sam Darnold. I think Cam is better than Sam Darnold. Uh, I would actually place him quite ahead of Sam Darnold. I I think Cam is a borderline top 20 quarterback still in the NFL. Sam Darnold is maybe in the top 30. 30? I don't know. I don't even think I can put him in, the, in my top 30. So I think that potentially maybe the Panthers could go back to Cam. That would look kind of silly, though. They could also bring him in as a backup. Maybe they want a veteran presence there. I don't know. Uh, another team that could use a veteran backup, I think, a lot is the Jets. Because right now the Jets' backups are Mike White and Alex – or uh, no, Mike White and James Morgan – and so those two guys have neither of them have played at all in the NFL. So I do think that the Jets maybe uh, maybe they would be 
interested in looking into getting somebody with some NFL experience. How about a former MVP? He'd be pretty nice. But again, that's only if Cam wants to be a backup because I highly doubt the Jets would sign Cam to be their starter. I think they do want Zach Wilson as their starter. So honestly, those are kind of the only options I came up with. I really don't know where Cam could end up uh, going in the NFL. I mean, thinking logically, those are pretty much the only spots I can think of. So maybe he wants to go in division, go to the Jets, be a backup there. Maybe he can go possibly go back up somebody on Carolina. He can maybe uh, get be a starter for Washington, but I think Ron Rivera's already shot that one down. Or he could go back up in Dallas. He could go back up in... Um, in Baltimore, or he could try to go to the Texans. I don't think there's any other teams at this point that would want him. Uh, maybe the maybe the Jaguars maybe could bring him in to help Trevor, but I think that would just be too cause too much confusion. So I, yeah, probably not. So yeah, it's an it's unfortunate for Cam. I like Cam Newton a lot. I think he's a great player, and I do wish that he was a starter still because I like him. I like his personality. I think he's got he's, he's a great personality. Unfortunately, he should have got the COVID vaccine, I guess, because uh, that seems to be his downfall. As far as Mac Jones go, uh, I th- I think yeah, I like I said, I think he's gonna be decent. I think he can be okay. I think he'll probably. I don't think I I like I think he's he's not gonna be as good as Herbert was last year. Maybe he'll be close to what Burrow was. I th- I feel like Jones is probably gonna have a first season similar to Baker. Like I think he'll win some games and I think he'll make some terrible mistakes and lose some games. So it's just, it's interesting to see what happens. But he certainly. I like that he's not going to be much of a distraction for the Patriots because I do think he fits the Patriots system a lot. Like he's just going to go in, do his thing, play, and if he and if he sucks, it's not going to be very hard. I don't think for them to just move on from him next year again. But they really do intend for him to be the guy this year, and so hopefully it goes well. I do like the Patriots. Uh, they're one, you know, probably a top ten favorite team of mine. So I do root for them to have some success. But I at this point. I've removed them from my playoff contention, and uh, that's pretty much that's pretty much it for the Patriots for now. Uh, we won't st- spend too much time for them. A little bit more news in the NFL than Saints. They have announced that they are not going to be playing in New Orleans for at least the first month. So this, again, this is going to hurt their chances. Now, I didn't have them starting off very well in the first place, uh, but any home wins I gave them early in the season, I would have to reconsider those because at this point... You know, not not being in the not being in the Superdome, that's huge. I mean, the Superdome is a major factor in the Saints' home success, I think. And so, so the fact that they're not going to be there, uh, that's really going to hinder them. Jameis Winston, by the way, was officially named the starter today. I I, I could have sworn he was already named the starter. Maybe this is just old news. I don't know, but you know, just just so you're all aware, Jameis Winston is going to be the starter there. Um, let's see what else from the NFL. Well, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh boy, this is a fun story. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been fighting in practice. I mean, the downfall continues for them. They went from 11-0, best team in the NFL. Kind of shocked everybody, by the way, when they were 11-0. Nobody really saw that one coming. But they, they had the best team in the NFL. Then they lose three out of their last four. Lose to the Browns in the playoffs. And then the next thing you know, now their players are fighting at practice. And Big Ben apparently is on, is on his last straw, according to most analysts out there. How the mighty have fallen. And it didn't even take a full year. And now nobody's talking about Pittsburgh as a potential playoff contender anymore. Nobody's talking about Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh could come out and shock everybody and be really good again. I suspect they won't. Micah Fitzpatrick, one of the guys who's been getting into the action and getting into the fights, he says, you know, it's just part of the game. You know, we're going to get in fights. Well, 
the way I see it, you should not be fighting with your own team. I mean, I remember when I remember when the Mariners got into a big fight a couple of years ago, and when we were in contention, we were contending for a playoff spot, and there was a big team fight, and after that, we lost like 10 in a row. So I'm not saying that Steel- Pittsburgh is going to lose 10 games this year. I'm not saying they're going to go 0-10 to start the season. I-, I highly doubt that would happen. But I will say, for Mike Tomlin, a coach of his renowned and a coach who's been coaching for as long as he has and has had as much success as he has, I expect a little bit better than to hear that your players are fighting at practice. So I don't know. Maybe Mike Tomlin has us all covered. Maybe Mike Tomlin has no idea what's going on. I don't know. But I would hope that the Steelers are able to sort this out. But at the same time, isn't that just such the most Steelers thing ever? Just to be like, oh, the Steelers are fighting at practice. Oh, what's new? You know, like the, it just seems like the most Steelers thing ever. So in that in that scenario, you know, I, I feel like Pittsburgh does need to kind of figure something out, though. Because right now, most people are pegging them as the third best team in that division. I mean, Big Ben's not the best quarterback in the North anymore. That's Lamar. The Steelers' defense is now rivaled by both Baltimore and Cleveland. Cincinnati has the best receivers. Baltimore has the, or not Baltimore, Cleveland has the best run game. Like, what does Pittsburgh have that's better than everybody else? They probably have the best secondary. The best TikTokers. The best, the best TikTokers. They probably have the best secondary. I Mink mean, if it's Patrick's really good, but the Browns have upgraded their secondary a lot. TJ Watt's good on defense, but besides Watt, who else do they have on that D-line? I don't really know. So, at this point, Pittsburgh's probably not the best team in their division. They're probably, they may not even, I mean, there's a legitimate chance that if Joe Burrow goes off, the Bengals could finish better than Pittsburgh this year. So, the Steelers have to figure something out, or else they're going to be having in for a very rough season. Also in the NFL, Malcolm Butler, the Seahawks, uh, the Seahawks' worst enemy, worst nightmare, Malcolm Butler, he signed with the Cardinals this offseason, but he is now apparently retiring. Uh, he's decided that he's done. He's having some family issues, I guess. And uh, he's getting old, getting a little bit sore, getting a little bit tired. And he decided that he is going to call it quits. So congrats on a good career. I obviously don't like Malcolm Butler all that much as a Seahawks fan because he ruined that Super Bowl for us. Although it was Pete Carroll's play call, I think. that's. I mean, we're not going to get into that. That'll just make me mad. But anyways... Malcolm Butler, he had a good, decent NFL career. He actually did really well with the Titans for a couple of seasons there. So congratulations to him, and uh, hopefully after his retirement, he will do very well. Now the next, uh, the next piece of NFL news I just want to cover. This should be pretty quick, uh, but it was roster cut day. So there were some kind of surprising roster cuts that were made. So let's talk about a couple of these. And I'm only going to be covering the guys who you probably have actually known their names because there were so many guys who were cut. I can't read them all off. But there are some guys who got cut that I was like, wow, he got cut, really? And most of these guys I'm, prob- I'm sure will end up on practice squads and will eventually end up back on teams when the other guys get injured. Uh, so without further ado, the Raiders have released John Brown. The Bears released Desmond Trufant, former really good cornerback for the Lions. He's out. Uh, the 49ers also releasing a veteran cornerback. They've released HaHa Clinton Dix. So maybe the Seahawks' nightmare of HaHa Clinton Dix can finally be over. 
Uh, the Vikings have made a trade, actually, for tight end Chris Herndon from the Jets. Good move for them, obviously. We talked about that they lost Irv Smith yesterday, so now they've replaced Irv Smith with Chris Herndon, which is who's probably better than Irv Smith anyways. Uh, the Raiders released another player, former first-rounder Carl Joseph. Uh, the safety, Carl Joseph, never really ended up being any good for them. The Chargers have cut their backup kicker, Michael Bagley. The Cowboys, I already mentioned this, the Cowboys released both their backup quarterbacks, Ben DiNucci and Garrett Gilbert, so it kind of seems like they might be making room for a Cam Newton, potentially. The Jaguars released Philip Dorsett, so it looks like his attempt at making an NFL comeback may be over. Maybe the Seahawks could go back and get him back, because obviously we had him last year and he didn't play. Maybe that could be a potential move for the Seahawks, I don't know. Uh, the Eagles have released Travis Fulgham, another guy who kind of was talked about way too much last year. I mean, because it seemed like every time last year when, we, when people would talk about how bad Carson Wentz was, the storyline was always, well, he's throwing it to Jalen Rigger and Travis Fulgham. Well, now Travis Fulgham is out. So clearly Carson Wentz was, was not throwing to very good receivers last year because they kept the 35-year-old Deshaun Jackson instead of him. Uh, the Jaguars releasing another young receiver, Laquan Treadwell, after he had a great preseason, so that one seems a little weird to me. Uh, the Washington football team releasing Peyton Barber. The Panthers have released Will Greer, and the Bucks released fourth stringer Ryan Griffin. So that is the uh, release news. Those are the guys that I thought were actually may- maybe guys that you've even heard of. Those are the guys that had have had impacts before. Some of these guys are probably never going to play again. Some of them are going to end up playing and being significant contributors to contenders late in the season because you know what happens. Guys go down with injuries and they and the teams turn straight back to these same veterans that they cut a couple of weeks ago. Most of these players are going to be on teams within a month, most likely. Uh, so let's move over to uh, a little bit of NHL news. Connor Murphy has signed a four-year extension with the Blackhawks. That's really the only NFL news I even saw today. NHL news, excuse me, that I even saw today. So uh, yeah, at that point, let's move over to baseball because baseball there is a couple of storylines. The big one on the day is that Trevor Bauer apparently is not going to be returning to the Dodgers. Uh, this one. Kind of was expected, honestly. I mean, we've seen the reports. The Dodgers dugout does not like Trevor Bauer. They did not want him to return. So the fact that he isn't returning is not all that much of a shocker to me. I do think I do hope he plays again. I like, I like watching him. He's a good pitcher, and it'll be up to obviously the investigation. But it, the signs right now, I the signs right now point to him being innocent. Uh, that's but you know he could be faking news. He could be faking reports he could be faking text messages for all we know so the investigation is still ongoing but he's not going to be coming back to the Dodgers this year and it sounds like he's not going to be coming back ever you know that's what the report sounded like so you know not that bad of a move for the Dodgers on their part you know I hope he plays again but at the same time I hope he doesn't come to any teams that I'm a fan of because I don't really honestly think that he helps the clubhouse in any way almost like a Deshaun Watson scenario uh, the difference between him and Deshaun Watson, obviously, is Bauer loves baseball and wants to keep playing it and will do anything, I think, to keep playing it. Deshaun Watson, obviously, just doesn't seem like he cares about playing football because he's quitting on his team. Uh, I hate people who hold out, by the way. As a Seahawks fan, I've seen what holding out can do because we've had so many players hold out on us, and we currently have two holding out on us, Dwayne Brown and uh, Quandre Diggs. But anyways... At least Trevor Bauer's not holding out, and at least he actually has a passion for the game. So, you know, it would be unfortunate if he never gets to play again. But at the same time, I totally understand the Dodgers don't want him. And, you know, all power to them. If they want to go pay Trevor Bauer $25 million and tell him, get off the team, we don't want you, 
fine. Like, whatever. He Clearly, he made mistakes in his life, and uh, he's not a good fit for the Dodgers, I don't think, and he's not, a, he's not a good fit for the clubhouse. I always say, you know, if there's a player that's not a good fit in the clubhouse, just get rid of him. And that's kind of what Cam was, you know. Cam got released because he wasn't a good fit. Bauer got released, or not released, but Bauer's not coming back, and he wasn't a good fit. I don't. I really don't think Deshaun Watson fits with Miami either. That's why I'm very skeptical. Supposedly, their owner really wants to trade for him. But no trade came in today, so that means for now he's stuck in the Texans. And I don't think Brian Flores wanted him. So I think it was maybe a little bit of a clash there with the Dolphins between the owner and Brian Flores. Um, who knows? Maybe that was all behind-the-scenes stuff. I don't know. Uh, also, the Mets, uh, they have been in the headlines, obviously, with the whole thumbs-down scenario, uh, the whole, the whole thumbs-down situation. They played the Marlins today. Jesus Aguilar was kind of mocking them. He made it to first base and did a little thumbs-down gesture and kind of aimed it at the Mets' dugout. So that was kind of hilarious. Uh, apparently, the Mets have apologized to their fans. Supposedly, this is a big deal now in New York. The fans are mad at the Mets. They say they, the Mets players are claiming that they didn't intend to, uh, they didn't intend for the gesture to be aimed at the fans, which is the most ridiculous excuse I've ever heard. I mean, they admitted Javier Baez admitted that it was for the fans, so that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Why he would then go back in his word and now say this, um, or maybe it wasn't Baez, maybe it was somebody else who said that. But the excuse that they are giving is that we didn't mean for it to be. Uh, we didn't mean for the thumbs down gesture to be towards the fans. It was just a thing that we were doing. But Baez admitted they did it because of the fans, and he admitted that they're they're trying to essentially boo the fans. So that's a pretty lame excuse. Like I said, I don't really care about it. It's kind of funny. It's kind of dumb, but it's also kind of funny. It's stupid that the people reacted so much to it. I think it's just a, you know a funny little thing they did, and people got really worked up about it. Uh, a lot of people got really worked up about it. I don't really see much of a problem with it quite honestly i understand why people would have a problem with it but at the same time it's just a kind of a funny thing you know it's not that big of an issue um yeah it is funny that aguilar is mocking them and it is hilarious to me that they're deciding to go with the excuse of well we weren't actually trying to do it to make you mad well clearly you admitted that it was because of the fans so that's that's not gonna work you gotta have a little bit better than that for me um but you know what, whatever, it is what it is. Uh, the Mets probably won't be making any more thumbs-down signs after they've apologized for it. I, I still just feel like, you know, at least be honest. At least come out and say, and, and goodness, Javier Baez was honest. And now these players are coming out and saying, well, we didn't, we weren't trying to make the fans mad. We weren't trying to aim the gesture at the fan. Well, clearly you were. Clearly. So, you know, be a little bit better, be a little bit more open. But at the same time, I thought it was kind of funny. And it's hilarious that Aguilar is now mocking them. By the way, Aguilar, one of the most underrated players in the game. I'll get into him maybe in a different episode. But, um, yeah, the Mets apologizing. This whole situation probably over. So the Mets players versus the Mets fans. It looks like the Mets fans have won this round of players versus fans. A couple of other storylines in the MLB. Cole Hamels apparently is not going to be pitching for the Dodgers this year either. So they've lost two starters now, I guess, Bowers and, and now Hamels. He does intend to play next year. We'll see if anyone takes a flyer on him. 
Aaron Sleggers has been uh, re-signed by the Tampa Bay Rays in a minor league contract. Sleggers was one of the big pieces to their bullpen last year. He had like a 3.4 ERA and did very well in the playoffs. Then he went to the Angels, and he has been terrible. He had like a 5.5 ERA. Now he's in the minors with Tampa again. Hopefully Tampa can get something out of him because he was one of their big pieces out of that bullpen last year. And uh, I feel like Tampa just has a way of getting bad relievers to turn out to be pretty good. And so, all power to him, hopefully, Aaron Sluggers ends up being good. Speaking of bad relievers, Brad Hand has been designated for assignment by the Blue Jays. He's been terrible this year. That one has been coming for a long time. Uh, The Brewers have signed Renato Nunez to a minor league deal. Former Oriole there, Nunez hasn't really been good for a couple of years. He was an all-right DH maybe two or three years ago, but he's a minor leaguer now. And and speaking of minor leaguers who used to be good, former Texas Rangers DH and outfielder Delino DeShields, he's been acquired by the Reds from the Red Sox in a minor league trade. The Tampa Bay Rays have a 10-game winning streak. They're the hottest team in baseball now. So it's been basically just Yankees and Rays trading off. The Rays have extended their lead over the Yankees to six games, which is one of the biggest, I think, division gaps in the league. It might be the second biggest. Obviously, the White Sox have the biggest because their division stinks. But the Rays may still have the second biggest division gap in all of baseball. They've been very impressive lately. So good. Such a good team to watch. And uh, I I just wish the Mariners could end up to be like Tampa Bay. But that's pretty much all. I mean, not a ton of news from Rays, honestly. It's just a lot of small ball that they play, decent pitching, good bullpen management, and all the hitters just come through when when it's necessary for them. So let's get into a little bit of uh, NBA before we finish off the show. The show is going to be a little bit quick today, but a little bit of NBA news. Supposedly, Ben Simmons is done in Philadelphia. That is the story that came out today. Uh, Again, this is another one that's kind of just come to be expected by now. A lot of players being done with their franchises, and it's guys that just are unreliable, you know? Cam was unreliable in New England. He's gone. Uh, Bauer's unreliable and just not a good person for the Dodgers, now he's out, and now Ben Simmons, who is very, very much unreliable in the playoffs, he's out with Philadelphia, so apparently they are trying to work on trading for him, it'll be very intriguing to see who decides to go trade for him, a lot of people are saying maybe Portland would want to trade for him, I don't really think he'd fit well with Portland, Um, there's been rumors flying from many different teams, to be honest, so now the question is just when and who will it be, because basically what the report said is that Ben Simmons is done, it's not a question of uh, if, it's a question now of just when and where, when and where will he be going, I hope that he finds success, you know, supposedly he's been putting on a lot of workouts, uh, not putting on, but doing a lot of workouts this offseason, he's really been trying to improve his game, because about, I mean, Three years ago, Ben Simmons was considered to be one of the future stars of the NBA, and now he's considered to be just kind of a decent point guard who is just not a good shooter at all. And so hopefully he's able to find his shot and, you know, recover his game. I do think that he is. it's a good decision, though, for Philadelphia to move away from him. We know how Philadelphia gets. Their fans, their fans are cutthroat, you know. They did it with Carson Wentz in the NFL. Uh, the Eagles just cut Carson Wentz loose after one bad season. The Philadelphia 76ers are cutting Ben Simmons loose after one bad playoff series. And yeah, you know, I I honestly do. I get it. I completely understand why you would not want to keep him around after this. This is Joel Embiid's team. It's not Ben Simmons' team. And I think people have to start understanding that. And so at this point, it's just a question of where he's going to go. I kind of hope he ends up down in Atlanta. I think that'd be kind of fun to see put him with Trey Young. Or I don't know. I just don't, I don't like the idea of him going to Portland. I think Portland... 
Portland definitely needs to continue making acquisitions, but I don't know how much I'd want Ben Simmons there with with Dame and well if they get him they'd probably that probably means they'd have to give up CJ. So I'd rather have Dame and CJ there. But yeah, who knows where Ben Simmons is going to go. I don't I don't follow the NBA as much, so I'm not sure which teams are in as much need of a point guard, but uh whoever is, you know, maybe it'll be for Ben Simmons. He might he there's a chance he's going to go to a winner. There's probably a bigger chance honestly that he's going to go to a rebuilding team and just kind of fizzle out. Which would be sad for him because, you know, like I said, two and a half years ago, this dude was considered to be one of the future stars. And now he's just like, you know, he's just a decent guy who's about to get traded. So it'll be very, very unfortunate, I think, if he goes to a bad organization and then just kind of fizzles out. But that's probably what's going to happen because most contenders already have good enough a good enough team. And most contenders probably aren't going to want to take a chance on a guy who was so terrible in the playoffs. And he was really not good in the playoffs at all. I mean, he scored like six points, seven points. I mean, he was bad. He was, and not for just one game, for about four or five games in a row there, he was pretty, pretty, pretty god-awful terrible. So it's a smart choice for Philadelphia. I hope he goes to a contender. Most likely he won't. So at this point, uh, that's going to wrap up the show. I was going to uh, do part two of my NFL predictions, but with the whole Cam Newton shakeup, plus the Saints not playing in their home stadium, plus a couple of these releases uh, and, you know, the Cowboys possibly going to get Cam or maybe the Texans, I don't know. I I feel like I should wait on that, and there's a lot of reevaluating I'm going to have to do because especially for New England and the Saints, I need to reevaluate where I had their record-wise and prediction-wise because I think a lot of things is going to change because of that. So we are going to do my predictions probably tomorrow or maybe Thursday whenever I'm ready to unveil the next segment of those. For now, have a great day. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you guys leave a like if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure you guys leave a five-star review. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow up for more. We're all over on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a couple other places as well. And also on the YouTube channel, which is called Beyond the Game, brought to you by the World of Sports Media Network. I'm Levi Coover. This has been Episode 3 of Beyond the Game.